Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I'm joined by two of my dearest friends and fellow pastor's wives. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Sarah Weiner, and I'm married to Eric. I'm Gina Yu, and I'm married to Lawrence. And today we're talking about women, work, and walking with God. Thanks, Gina, for that alliteration. And um, this is a topic that three of us have discussed um, over the years, uh, off and on, several times. And as I've talked to other women here at Waypoint, it seems to be um, a topic that comes up a lot as we are trying to figure out God's will for um for our work and our ministry and our lives. The three of us have uh, three different journeys and are presently, um, our work plays out in three different ways. And that's been helpful for one another as we've been able to process together. So we wanted to invite you into that conversation, share our own journeys and answer a few questions and hopefully um, start a conversation. And although our we're focusing on women, um, we hope that you men will be able to um, be able to glean from this as well. So um, let's begin with an icebreaker. Before we jump into the work conversation, we like to start with an icebreaker. Uh, what did you listen to on your way to the studio, otherwise known as the Waypoint Conference Room, when you were in your car coming over today? Um, nothing was actually playing in my car. Um, I was thanking my children for getting ready more quickly than usual. <laughs> um, but last thing we listened to was Slugs and Bugs. I'm big fan and always uh, want to give a plug to Slugs and Bugs. They put scripture to music, so really fun songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I typically have a long drive to and from work, so I do listen to a lot of music, podcasts, sometimes talk on the phone. But this afternoon, I listened to Jess Ray, who um, is part of a group named Mission House, who came and played at Waypoint not too long ago. Um, but Jess Ray has some single albums that I wanted to check out, so I've been listening to her single albums and would definitely put a plug in for her. Nice. That's awesome. I love Jess Ray. Mission House has been on repeat um, on my Spotify uh, lately, but on the way over here today, I listened to my summer mix. I like to make playlists for different seasons with vibes from that season. Uh, And the summer one is pretty eclectic with lots of different decades and genres, a lot of Motown. But the song that was actually playing when I pulled up is These Are Days by 10,000 Maniacs. If you were a teenager in the 90s, then you're probably familiar with that. Now you might, I don't know, hear it in the grocery store or something in the background. But uh, (laughs) yeah. It was a, it's a fun song. 90s song. is the best decade of music. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> here, here. So who wants to start um, and tell us your work journey? What jobs have you had? How did you land where you are now? What were some factors and influences in that? Whatever you want to share. Yeah, I'll get us started. Um, I currently practice as a pediatric dentist and own my own private practice in Mebane. And that was a long journey. So <laughs> actually thinking through that question, I um, I think the journey starts in childhood um, in the household that I was raised in. I was raised in an Asian immigrant household and my parents worked like 12 hour jobs um, each. We didn't really see them a ton. We just immigrated from Korea and didn't have much money. And so um, the work ethic at home was like a constant, very hard work ethic. And the expectation for the three children was to um, also contribute financially to the family and have a lucrative career and maybe um, 
something professional and more prestigious. So I felt that pressure early on. And I remember like in seventh grade, I was like, I'm going to be a pediatrician and just like declared what vocation I was going to be in. Um, I wasn't too far off, but um, I think that really contributed to what work would look like in the future for me. Um, and my, I remember my dad pulling me aside one time, he saw some potential in me and he was like, Gina, you're a girl and you're a minority. So you need to be better than the boys and the majority. And I was like, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you ask me to. So um, I do remember it wasn't, my parents weren't like so much pressure on us because they were actually just busy and just had expectations of us. So the pressure I probably put a lot on myself, but um, yeah, so I thought, I never really thought of any alternative like, oh, everyone's going to have just a job and a career and a vocation. I didn't think otherwise. And so um, late high school, I became a Christian and I just thought, okay, now I know the Lord and he's going to call me to something. And um, in college, um, my giftings are more like math sciences. So I, I did continue to think healthcare. I like children and kind of thinking through um, my skill sets. And so after college, um, there's a little, little, curve curveball that I threw to my parents and I told them I'm no longer going to pursue medical school and I'm going to be a missionary to China and so that was very actually devastating for them <laughs> to hear um, and with I think is by the Lord's providence my dad of all people was like well that'll be good for you so go to China and then see what's you know what you have in store thereafter I think they probably cried after that conversation but um, I did go overseas and became a missionary, um, came back thinking, I'm going to be a single missionary doctor. And so came back um, to, I was teaching English at the time in China, and I was like, I'm not a good English teacher, so I need to find a trade. Um, and so I came back and, long story short, pursued dental school, and my goal was to be a dentist and then go back overseas and be a, be a missionary. And so um, still I can kind of uh, achieve the goals that my parents placed on me while maybe also achieving the goals like God placed on me. It was kind of interesting um, thought process. But um, yeah, and so I pursued dental school. I pursued um, a pediatric dental residency because I love children and wanted to work with them and um, met Lawrence. So didn't get to go overseas immediately. And so here we are, um, as, as we are here planning a church and doing ministry here in Durham, um, work for me looks like, um, having a private practice and being a full-time working mom and, um, and wife and pastor's wife. And so, yeah, long story short, that's, that's kind of how I got here. <laughs> so, um, I, Started off uh, babysitting, I think. I spent a couple months working at an, a movie theater, which was very interesting. Um, I was a lifeguard, which apparently there's a big shortage of lifeguards, among lots of other things nowadays. Wow. Um, I really wanted to be a teacher when I was younger. Um, when I got to high school, I really liked my, like, sports medicine classes they were kind of like anatomy and um so I was like oh I really like this and I'm like interested in healthcare and you know how the body works and all that stuff so I was like okay well I'll go to medical school and become a doctor <laughs> and uh there's a lot of people I think that go to college and think that and then don't end up doing that mm -hmm. I was one of those people um so 
I went to UNC and um, just kind of, well, it really started taking chemistry and I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to go to medical school. I was like, okay, I can be a physical therapist. There's not as many years of, of school, um, you know, but I would still kind of be in that like healthcare field that I was interested in. Um, ultimately, I ended up getting, Eric and I ended up getting married the summer after our junior year of college. And so um, once we both graduated, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I want to, I was thinking actually more toward teaching after that but we decided only one of us would go to grad school at a time. And so I was like, well, you should go first, you know, in case I get pregnant and, um, you know, then I'll, we'll have kids and I won't be working as much as you, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I just worked, um, actually at the, the John O'Daniel exchange, which is where world reliefs offices are. Um, I was the building manager and worked for the owner of that building, um, for a couple years. That was a really neat job, uh, to have. And then after that, I was still interested in teaching. So I actually worked part-time at a pre- at a preschool and then part-time nannied for a couple years before Esther was born. Um, I sold Pamper Chef during COVID mm-hmm. and that's kind of my journey right now. I'm just full-time working at home. Um, like not with an income producing job, um, just with the, the three children that we have. So that's kind of where I have landed. Well, anyone who has watched three young children or even one young child knows that, uh, it's a lot, it's a of, lot work. of work. <laughs> yes. And, um, also, in a sense, I want to think about that too. Like, if you weren't doing it, you would be paying someone else to sure. do it. So, in yeah. a sense, yeah. it's income producing in a sure. In yeah, a way. it's not yeah. income losing. <laughs> right? I no, I haven't like, thought about that. These yeah. things too, yeah. which is one thing. As we've talked a lot about vacation and jobs through the years, is there's just so many factors that come yeah. into play. Yes, yeah, we're blessed to have choices, and yet. Our choices have limitations too. So, yeah. yeah. So my journey is pretty long and winding. I have a I have a few more years under my belt in the story. So, um, I guess if we were to go all the way back um, to childhood um, and my teen years, some common threads I see in my life or are um, I always um, loved children and always wanted to be a mom. Um, I wanted to have three, four, five kids. I wanted lots of kids (laughs) and, um, uh, wanted to, to, to primarily be able to be home with them when they were young. Um, I was always very passionate about, um, about books, about reading, writing. I was a major part of my life from a young age. And, um, when I was in high school and started growing my faith, I became interested, um, in ministry. I would, lead Bible when I was a senior in high school I led Bible study for ninth graders and um and that was the first time I guess a little seed was planted about that um when I went to college I wasn't sure exactly what I would do I definitely um hoped that I would um get married and have a family so I think you know sometimes if someone asks what do you want to do I don't know I want to be an educated mom I guess you know Uh, I started and I thought um I guess initially I had thought about 
speech pathology because just because I thought that would be a good job to have um, and be a mom. But I'm not really interested in science. So like I, I started off I, once I took my first uh, English course, a professor challenged me to be an English major and it was a really easy jump. Um, I wasn't sure uh, what I would do with it. I thought maybe I would stay and get a master's in education or maybe a master in fine arts and creative writing. Um, but also around that time, I went between my junior and senior year of college to um, Asia for a mission trip for the first time. And I didn't have a very well-developed theology of calling and desire and how God often uses our desire and calling and gifts. I kind of, I was, it was in the, especially in the early 90s, there was a really big push um, for everyone being overseas and doing kind of the hardest thing possible. Like, I feel like that was what I heard a lot of. And I, and I think everything's cyclical. I think it was coming out of a time where people weren't sacrificing before in the church. But I think I kind of got swept up in that and felt like, um, surely I'm not supposed to like write or do something like that because I want to do that. Like I should do something that like um, very tangibly connects to the Great Commission or maybe I would be. And, you know, so I think, I don't know how consciously I thought of all of that. I've got age and I can look back now at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went, I went um, overseas for a year right after I graduated college. It was a really uh, tough year. I did see um, some, some spiritual fruit. That was good, but definitely um, don't know if I was necessarily suited for it. Language learning did, wasn't, didn't come easy for me and a uh, tough year. I went back a second year and that time I taught English, which was a little bit better fit. And also had a great guy on my team named Danny Castiglione. And um, we started dating uh, by the end of that year and got married and kind of with the assumption that we would go back overseas. Um, I actually went back a year before him and taught uh, high school English at a, at a Christian school. And then he joined me in Atlanta. We got married and he got a job as a youth pastor. Long story short, how that came about. But once he got that job, we knew that we wouldn't go right back overseas because we didn't want to invest in the youth and leave after a year. So we ended up in Atlanta for a while and I taught. Um, and although I loved, um, the high schoolers, I like that age group, and I loved the topic. It wasn't like teaching was a perfect fit for me in that environment. Um, but I, I did until um, my third year. I was pregnant with Maggie, and we started the process of getting of joining staff with crew and going back overseas. So um, I went overseas the second time with a little one. I was technically. Um, I was on staff at that point. If you were on crew, both the husband and the wife had to be on staff, but the wife um, could be part time and primarily um, be with the children, especially since we didn't have a childcare option um, overseas. Um, got pregnant with Isaac right away. Two years later, got pregnant with Derek. So I was kind of in, in Sarah's boat, like mostly mm-hmm. um, at home with Littles. And then um, we moved uh, to Boston and continued on staff um, with international students at universities. Um, but again, my kids, Maggie went to kindergarten, but the other two were still home. And I did some discipleship um, with some, some women 
but mostly most of my ministry was volunteer through our church and it was there um again i got to be a part of a women's uh women's conference and bible studies and again a, a, a seed was planted that oh like I, I i enjoy this i would love to do this if it, it um an option like this came open. Um, at the end of those four years, uh, another factor came in, and that is I was diagnosed with lupus, so my health kind of um, plummeted at that point. I, uh, I was in and out of the hospital and full of fatigue, so we moved to North Carolina. Uh, Danny took a job with a church, Korean church, and a year later, Derek went to kindergarten. So that would have been a point where I would have been freed up um, to either go back to school or do another job. But because of my health at that point, um, wasn't really an option. I did some ESL tutoring. Um, thankfully, <laughs> another story for another time, God um, used a, a clinical trial in medicine and his generous grace and um, was restored to health. Um, but I then went to, we were looking for another job. I'm sorry, this is so long. I'm trying to shorten it. <laughs> I worked as a teacher's assistant, um, in first grade for a couple years. Again, not really out of, um, a sense of passion or calling, but more of a sense of necessity. We could get insurance um, for the kids, and I could be with them at their school, which was really fun. So I did. I do love children, so it was fun being with first graders. It was fun being with my kids. Um, I, I again didn't feel like a perfect fit. Like I definitely like brought books and like snuck reading sometimes when you know weren't doing other things, and still like felt this call to to write, to study, to do some other things. Um, after a couple years there, um, we had already transitioned to Waypoint, and at that point, they were looking for um, someone to come on part time, mostly just to do like pastoral care with women. Like um, we all the we have a excellent group of like elders' wives and Gina, but who were mostly working full time, and there were just seemed to be a lot of. Um, just needs for that and thought, well, maybe um, someone could fulfill that. And over, that was four years ago. And since that time, that role's kind of grown um, to include discipleship and other things. So yeah, that's kind of how I got where I am now. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. So as Christians, um, we view all things through the lens of scripture and our identity in Christ. So even as we are like telling our stories, I think some things felt like, wow, that was a left turn or that was not what I expected. Or even I think sometimes I look back and I think, oh, like that was a failure. That wasn't what I wanted. But then we can see God's hand mm -hmm. in that. Um, so how has your understanding of what the Bible has to say about work impacted how you fulfill your calling through your work? And how has your understanding changed over the years? Mm -hmm. On the difficult work days, I'm reminded of Genesis, that work was in existence before the fall. Mm -hmm. And so that work is a good thing that builds character and that 
bring satisfaction and enjoyment in life. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that picture of Adam and Eve working in the garden and that it's not, work is not a punishment for us that, um, that we have to endure till we can be with God again. Um, so I do believe work is good. Um, and I was trying to think of, you know, in scripture, what, what does it say? It doesn't specifically have a formula that mm-hmm. is the same for everyone, that work looks like this for this person or for women, or, and work looks like this for men. I think there's a lot of different examples we can glean from scripture. But one principle that I was thinking through was um, about like work being the opposite of idleness. Mm-hmm. And so I think of like multiple Proverbs, or I was looking up yesterday, like Second Thessalonians 3 is like a passage, um, a good chunk about idleness. And mm-hmm. I I think that is what the Lord doesn't want us to be, like idle, lazy, like just sitting around and indulgent. Um, and that work is almost the remedy for that. And so whether that looks like staying at home and working your household and you're um, raising your children or having a career or having just um, you know, a part-time job, whatever that may look like, this... Um, you know, almost like giving is, you know, um, a medicine for like greed and hoarding, like, you know, the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think work can be used in, in such a good way to show um, purpose and meaning in life and, and it be really fruitful. So, yeah, those are just some initial thoughts. Yeah, I think another thing we need to remember is that work um like you're saying, Gina, God worked for six days, then he rested. And so we image him, we reflect him as we work, as we create, as we cultivate. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about work, a lot of the times we think of income producing work. Mm -hmm. Like I go to this job, that's where I make my money. Mm -hmm. Um, But our work as followers of Christ, as children of God, um, should just be, you know, to bring glory to him, um, to reflect him, we you know we just finished the Colossians series, and in Colossians three it talks about mm-hmm. whatever you do in word or in deed, um, you know do all in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. A little later down, verse I think three twenty three, um, he's talking to the bond servants and he's saying, you know work at it with what work at it with all your heart, um, and so yeah, I just think you know we. We need to remember that, that, you know, I, I don't need to feel like I'm not important because, oh, I'm not really using the degree I got, you know, right. or whatever. Like I am mm-hmm. every single day I am working and um, I can do all the things that I do mm-hmm. to the glory of God. So, yeah, I love that. That was something I was going to say to you. I remember um, I when I was primarily home with the kids, I kind of dreaded the question, what do you do, Mm -hmm. you know, and how to answer that. Um, But knowing that we do our work unto the Lord, that the Lord sees what we do, you know, and yes, we do it with excellence. We try, you know, and we try, we fail, I ask forgiveness, but we do it with excellence because it's unto the Lord. But also we trust that like he sees what we do in secret. He sees those moments um, and we don't have to like, justify our lives to the world you know and I think sometimes I I I face that even now often people will ask me oh so what do you do like with your and I don't have an easy answer for that Mm -hmm. and every week kind of looks um different sometimes and days look different and I can really um 
yeah, fall back into wanting to justify my life or worrying, well, oh, maybe what I do isn't important. What do I do? You know, or like, Mm -hmm. um, but just trusting that like, yeah, we do our work unto the Lord. Yeah, I think um, even if you have an income producing job and it's not that glamorous or you don't Mm -hmm. like it very much, like even that question can still be hard for someone in that position, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And this is probably a, a bigger conversation, but thinking about our identity, you know, if that's mm-hmm. the first question we always get asked, like, what do you do? Um, people mo- are mainly asking, like, what is your work? Correct. Yeah. Um, what is your job? Um, and so is, you know, I mean, we spend a lot of hours every day or five days a week or six days a week or whatever um, in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um so it is a big part of our identity, but just kind of like balancing that with first, again, like from Colossians, first, like we are in Christ, you know, or Christ is in us, you know, and that's, that's our identity. Yeah, right. But that's our identity um, first. Um, and I'm not necessarily good at, you know, thinking that way and having that at the forefront versus like, oh, yeah, I'm a mom. I stay home with my kids. Um but just kind of, yeah, keeping, like being cognizant of that. The temptation, I think, in like a working professional career is is to, I mean, I think when people do ask me, I was like, oh, I'm a pediatric dentist. Oh, but I'm also a mom. I'm also a wife. And all these things take time and resource and gifts in my life. But I think the temptation for me is to make it an idol, like to make work an ideo. I-D-O-L, not idol, the initial, what we were talking about, but to make it an idol. And that biblically would be like, no, the Lord doesn't want me to make my career an idol. He doesn't want us to make our children and our spouses and all these other things idols either. But there's a temptation there. Um, When I think about it, filter it through biblical lens, I think, no, my identity is not my job. It is not my career or vocation. And that's really something that's tempting. Um, when you do pursue and t- took so much time, energy, money to um, be in this career, you think, oh, it's it's not easy to give up. And it's not just because of, you know, the lifestyle and the income and things, but it's also become this idol. And it's hard to give that to the Lord sometimes. And even as a mom who's primarily at home, that be- can become an idol yes, too. Yeah, exactly. And you can find yourself looking for results because you made this choice right, you know yeah. like oh why are my kids making that decision or maybe um you know why aren't they doing x y and z yet i'm i'm investing all this time they're and hitting then other you, kids right exactly <laughs> so you can take that same energy that you would into another profession and wrongly place it there mm-hmm. your identity too so we are um we're idol-making factories, right? Our yes. hearts are idol-making factories, so we have yeah. to fight against that urge. Another way that my view of work has changed over the years is I realized a lot of what I thought was biblical was actually cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that often we can attach biblical as an adjective onto something that's yeah. not necessarily. I think sometimes now a new thing that we do is say like gospel-centered whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. It's kind of the same thing sometimes that mm-hmm. I will place that on something that isn't necessarily so. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, those are two radically different cultures. Mm-hmm. Work and motherhood um, looks completely different and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Israelites 
you know, a nomadic group or even, you know, as they settle as opposed to like, you know, a Greek Christian who like is either a servant or is from a wealthy class. So Mm -hmm. it's not really a one size fits all. And in a lot of ways, um, all of the women who had children um, were stay-at-home moms, and all of them were working moms. Correct. Like it wasn't yeah, was really an option either way. Like right. it took a lot of work just to like yeah, put food on the table, <laughs> clothe your children, yeah, yeah, yeah. get the That's water that you needed, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. to take care of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what are some of the joys of your current work situation, and what are some of the challenges? We've we've hit on this a little bit, but would you have anything to add specifically? Um, I think I'll start with challenges. Um, <laughs> I think my work is very emotionally and physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, our kids are five, three, and one. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it really has a lot of work. Um, just, you know, even just, you know, even if we're getting them, getting them in the car to go play, you know, requires work, um, like leaning over to buckle in. Uh, it's very physically demanding, um, and just lots of outbursts and emotions from the kids and just trying to kind of hold it all together during those times. Um, the joys, um, kind of in two separate parts, the joys of just like watching them grow and learn, um, not just learn facts or, you know, big words, um, but learn how to play together without fighting. Um, you know, God kind of watching God change them to be quicker to repent and, you know, apologize to one another. Um, that, those are really sweet things. And then another joy kind of not related to the kids is just flexibility to be able to, you know, meet with other moms or, um, you know, bring someone food or um, those kinds of things, um, I think, are, I mean, not every job affords that kind of flexibility. So I'm really thankful for that in the season. Uh, Well, I enjoy working with children, so I'm thankful that the Lord has me in a pediatric setting. Um, And and with dentistry, I didn't you know, always dream of being a dentist, but I do get to use my hands and fix things very quickly. And that's very fulfilling for my personality. <laughs> and so um, I get to also use like sciences and things that are more my strengths. I don't have to, you know, write and read and teach English. Um, and then I truly do care feel like I'm caring for the children in, in my community in Mebin and around us um, ministering to my staff. So I think I have um, a variety in my job, even though I'm just a dentist, but I, I think I do a lot of different things and wear a lot of hats at work. Um, growing up, my parents always fought about finances also, and I really, I hated that. Um, mm-hmm. And so my, my job does allow for more financial freedom for our family, and um, it actually allows to provide for um, our parents, which is what my parents probably intended, mm-hmm. um, and our own family and our siblings or whoever really needs help it's really opened the doors for that and i have a very entrepreneurial husband so it also um, allows us to invest in different businesses or in different um 
ministries and visions. So I just really, I do love that aspect of work. Um, the challenging thing, I, I think the challenges came more, um, well, one, when I started a practice, I didn't always have a private practice. I actually taught at the dental school and I also did public health. So I did a little bit of um, other things before I settled on private practice. But there's a large business side of owning your own practice. And I am not a businesswoman. So I think the challenges in my day to day are like HR related staffing. Um, you know, if there's like a, a parent that has a complaint or, you know, those sorts of things that um you know, I don't, I don't really know how to do. I was just trained to be a dentist, um, not a businesswoman. So I think that's challenging. And then after I had Josiah and then we have Hudson, we have two boys. Um, I think the most challenging thing about being a working mom is feeling guilty that I'm leaving my children behind to help other children or other people's children. And so particularly when they're sick, it like really eats me up. Like I have to, Lawrence's job is thankfully very flexible and they're home with their dad. So I'm, you know, I'm, fine with that and we have wonderful women in our lives who have cared for our children um so i am i'm at peace with that and i do feel god's called me to do what i'm doing so all that makes me feel okay about it but at the end of the day i do um, feel like that's the most challenging struggle for a working mom that i did not feel when i was single and working Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so one of the joys of my job is that um it's actually part of my job to prioritize my relationship with God. So it's actually built in, um, in a lot of ways, like praying for others, praying for the church, Bible study, preparing, um, Bible studies, uh, learning. I get to, I've been taking seminary classes one semester at a time. And, um, it's just wonderful that that's like part of my work. Um, Relationships are also built in uh, to my work, which has been very life-giving. I, I, I love to talk with people about their joys and struggles and pray with them and be with them. And um, and they listen to me, too. It goes both ways. So actually, it's kind of interesting that um, that's been a part of my work. Um, I get to work... Um, with Danny, um, we it's and we have a nice kind of overlap and separate spheres. So it's been a, a real blessing that we could both um, kind of use our our different gifts, but um, be in some spaces that overlap. And uh, it's been flexible, which is um, something I always wanted because even though my family doesn't have as many physical needs as before they're pretty independent in those ways except I until recently still carpooling a lot um but there's a lot of uh, emotional and spiritual needs and it's been nice to have that flexible flexibility to to have be able to have that time with them and get to know their friends and things too um some challenges a lot of my challenges I think um, are self-imposed a lot of that like we were talking about earlier those ideas of like questions of should I be doing more something that would generate more income or something that's more I I don't know if prestigious but more bigger than what I'm doing um, in some ways um I think the flexibility can also be, um, although it's a blessing, it's hard to know when I'm working and when I'm not working, kind of hard to turn that off. Um, um, and uh, writing is still a major um, 
passion calling of mine. And I think no matter what job I was doing, I would be a challenge to find time to pursue that as well. So I think those are some things. So, um, And then what advice would you give to a woman who's frustrated in her current situation? Whether I talk to a lot of women who you mentioned the word guilt. And I think that mm-hmm. once you become a mom, that's a really hard thing to fight, whether you're primarily at home working or whether you're working outside of the home. Um, just there can be lots of frustrations. What would you um, tell someone who is frustrated in their current situation or someone's just trying to discern what is God's will in regard to family, work, ministry, these things? My advice is not going to sound like advice at first, but um, <laughs> one of my um, least favorite subjects in high school was econ, like economics. I do not understand economics. It's very abstract. Lawrence loves it. Don't understand it. But there is one principle that I have taken from high school, which is very interesting, and it's called opportunity cost. I don't know the econ definition, but this is a general idea that if there is given like two choices, in order for you to choose this one where there might be some gain, there is a loss that has occurred in the other one, meaning as a working mom that I'm choosing to leave my home and my children to go somewhere to work and come back, that could be a gain in some ways. But the loss is that I don't get to spend time with my kids during the day. Like there is opportunity cost in life. And so this, I think, not not false hope, but like this goal that I'm going to be able to perfectly achieve in my career, in my domestic life, in my marriage, individually, um, create culture and doing music, all those things to the max is not realistic. And so I need to give my, I'm talking to myself, Mary Lisa, um, I need to give myself some grace as the Lord gives it unto me. Um, and that that there is an opportunity cost when I make a decision. So when I have chosen to move forward in my career, I know that I, I could have I'm, I could feel guilty in the future or I'm not going to be able to be at every moment of my child's life in that way. And so before when you, as you're making that decision, praying praying about it and asking God where he would have you for your work life or for your home life that um, note that there's an opportunity to cost and that that's okay that happens to all of us and that um, the Lord would have to make clear what what that decision is going to be the second thing um, we do strive I always say I say it a lot myself we strive for that work-life balance work-life balance work-life balance and I feel like I'm you know for decades I've been a dentist for 15 years now like for decades I'm like I'm gonna get that work-life balance one day um, I wrote I read this gospel coalition article called debunking the work-life balance myth and so I wanted to read that a little bit um, And the writer said, I found that work-life balance is a myth. It's a myth because balance suggests a static state of being, whereas life is constantly changing. But it's also a myth because work is not the opposite of life. And it isn't something separate from life. It's an integral part of life, or at least it should be. So instead of trying to achieve work-life balance, I've pursued centeredness aiming to put Jesus at the center of my life and then design and manage all the different parts of life around that center. Um, And I just love that because as I am probably still pursuing this work-life balance, it brings comfort to me to know that, oh, this decision about work and these struggles with work is the same for everything else in my walk with the Lord. That is, run to Jesus. He is my center. And all things fall into place after that. I think Jeff gave the congregational prayer on Sunday about the fathers, and he said something to that end. And I was like, yes, amen. (laughs) Run to Jesus. He is the center. And all those other things, it's not going to be like, oh, now I know everything perfectly, but um, there will be peace there. Mm. 
and peace that and freedom. Peace, and free, peace and mm-hmm. freedom there because it's coming from inside out, like the, the outworking right. and the fruit from being with Jesus. So, I think that's so good, such a good word. I think there is this myth that there, there's this perfect scenario and that we can reach it and that we're always falling short if we don't, and that's just not true. Yeah, and that we can just rest in Jesus and lay that burden down. Um, yeah, I would tell women um, to to remember that there's seasons of life too, mm-hmm. you know, and that your life is going to look different in different seasons. Um, most people I know, um, you know, what they thought they were going to do at 18 isn't, you know, what they're doing at 48, you know. There's those exceptions, but just trust God in each season and look at your resources and limitations. You know, some people have parents who are in town and willing to help. Um, some people don't know that. Some people, you know, have um, have a job that's got more income where they can outsource some things. Some people don't. So know that, like, it's not a one size that's all. We all have limitations and we all have resources. Um, and pray about this season of life where God would have you. And know that the Lord measures success differently than the world, mm-hmm. you know, and that um, don't fall into the trap of living for the approval of others, mm-hmm. but trusting the Lord with that and that the Spirit can guide you. That um, because there's not one size fits all, because there's not a verse that you can point to and say, this mm-hmm. is exactly what you're supposed to do. We've been right. given the spirit and that God has prepared good works for you to do ahead of time. And um, that might be in line with your actual job that you get paid for. It mm-hmm. might not. Mm-hmm. But um, but there are good works that God has specifically gifted you for. And you can trust in that. So how can we pursue unity despite our different choices in regard to work? And how can we serve and encourage one another? And this is one thing as we talked about doing this podcast um, that's actually really been a beautiful thing about our friendship together. Um, Yeah, we're not, uh, yeah, just giving lip service, but like Sarah and Gina have been just incredible sources of encouragement in my life and just kind of unique that although we ministry is um important thing for us we all want to follow god we all married to pastors Mm -hmm. god had us a different path for each one of us um so in that um yeah maybe sarah what would you want to say yeah that yeah um i think you know it's it's not cliche to say like know one another and pray for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really powerful. Um, you know, you, I mean, we talked about this during the Exodus study of like asking for our daily bread so that when God provides, you know, it comes from him. And I just think like pursuing friends, even if it's only you know, two or three friends, like having friendships with other women, whether they work full time like you do outside the home or they work full time like you do inside the home mm-hmm. or part in between, you know, mm-hmm. I think having friends who know you can pray for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was thinking too about um, the beginning of 
Galatians, um, which Lawrence preached on Sunday, and how we can't add to, you know, Paul was kind of harsh with them because they were adding to the gospel. Gina, you mentioned like Jesus being at the center. And I think, um, you know, it's easy for us to judge ourselves and feel guilty about one thing or another for ourselves. And so it's also easy for us to judge one another. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, are the, is that really the best option or choice? Um, and so I think just knowing that um, Jesus is at the center, um, salvation comes by, um, you know, through grace alone, by faith alone, um, and that we rest in that. I think, I mean, we're talking about work, but also, in our identity as Christians, we should be coming from a place of rest, you know, truly. Hmm. um, Like our our identity is we are at peace with God Mm -hmm. and um, whatever we choose, wherever we work should be an outflow from that. And so we should, you know, be gracious to one another. in, yeah, in pursuing unity and um, loving one another. Um, I think we can all, I mean, this unity is something I think that the enemy really wants in any form or fashion. And it can be like, wow, Gina is not at home because she's working. And I don't know about that. But if I don't like, say hey Gina like how's work like what what's good what are you struggling with I I don't know that Gina is like this is what God's called me to do right, right? right if right. I make assumptions right. Right. and I make judgments yeah then that's not helpful and mm-hmm. it won't keep us unified it won't be from a place of loving one another yeah that was one thing I was gonna say too is you never know someone's full story too like mm-hmm. extend grace always give someone the benefit of the doubt you know you might be like Wow, all their kids are at the house, and she's not working. She might have an autoimmune disease, and right, she right, like right. doesn't have energy. Like, or um, wow, how can they afford to do X, Y, and Z? Well, they might have. Uh, who knows? Like right, someone, right. you know, like yeah. we don't know. There, and I think so often those judgments can come from our own insecurities and fears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We want so badly to get it right, whatever it is, right. you know, I think the same can be for school choices for our kids, you know, mm-hmm. like if there was a magic formula to ensure that our kids would walk with Christ and not, it, you know, mm-hmm. have a lot of the pains that can come outside of that, then we'd be all like, sign me up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think um, it's so easy to to judge others because we want so badly for our choice to be the right choice mm-hmm. instead of realizing that God as a God of um, of beautiful diversity in every way and that he's glorified through so many different um, choices and to just learn from one another, be curious about one another. Yeah, I, I was thinking we, we seek validation in these other areas of life, but again, we already are should be at rest because we are at peace with God. Mm-hmm. And so obviously there's choices and People choose different things in all these different areas, but um, that shouldn't be where our validation comes from or our base identity because we have freedom yeah. in Christ. Yeah, I, th- I have certainly, like, in the Christian bubble in the Southeast, felt judged for being a full-time 
working mom slash wife and pastor's wife actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and all those things, I the Lord has given me discernment that oh, those are cultural paradigms that someone's imposing their their cultural paradigms on myself. So I just kind of um, look the other way. But I do I do want to challenge folks to when you have a judgment, where is that coming from? Like, is it just what you your upbringing, your culture? What is it? And, is it biblical? Like, are you saying, are you thinking it's biblical? And is that what you're imposing on your sister? Um, so yeah, just to kind of think through those things. I think that's part of our purpose of this podcast, have start a conversation about work and think through um, your convictions on work. Where is that from? And like Erica said, that could change in the next season or that could change next year. And so mm-hmm. to be open-handed with God. And I think part of the um, what God is showing me about making my career my idol. I think um, I'm in a healthier point. And the, the reason why I know that is because if the Lord tomorrow said, Gina, no more practice, no more pediatric dentists, stay at home or move overseas. I'm very like in my heart of hearts, I would say, yes, Lord, that's fine. I'm not going to fight. I, I wouldn't fight him for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't the case in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I know that open-handedly, Christ in the center. If he were to ask me to cr- change my career options, um, that's kind of the litmus test for me. You know, and my heart and Lawrence's heart and our our family's like, sure, if you want us to. You know, like, um, so I think that's the Lord has me in a healthier place. This is not every day. Maybe this is maybe just like Monday afternoon today. But um, <laughs> but I think that's a good test for me. Um, it's not an idol in my life as much as it was in the past, though I will continue to struggle with that. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, praise God. I think if we waited um, to do a podcast or give a talk or write something until we had arrived at the, that place, yeah. we would never teach right. anything. Like, right, yeah, right. so like That's we're true. teaching ourselves at the same time, but also rejoicing maybe in ways that um, things that the Lord has done in our lives in these areas. Um, so my last question is, is there anything else um, you'd want to add before we um, close this up? And of course, we're not closing the conversation. We're hope we are opening the conversation. Please come talk yeah. to us. I, I would say I think it is uh, beautiful and unique that all three of us are in different places with regards to work. And so I'd encourage you guys to come talk to us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're like starting your career or starting a family, start whatever, um, walking in singleness and just contemplating what that could look, what work looks like in my life. Um, so yeah, I mean, a majority of more than half of my work life was single. So um, I would encourage you guys to talk to us and we're open and here for you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks guys. And we will see you later. Right, Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.